0: Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's
1: your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I've got a friend who um, I met through actually through my son, which it's kind of interesting. Um, how many amazing entrepreneurs and people I've met through Dylan. Um, and by the way, I'm going to have Dylan on the show um, probably next week. I'll probably follow up with this while he's in town. But um, yeah, anyway, so another great person that I I met through Dylan. And the thing I want to throw out there too, I was thinking about this this morning as I was on my way in to record this podcast, um, the power of social media, because uh, this particular guest, Blake Clark, um, we talked quite a bit on social media for a while we before did. we ever um, even got in person. And, you know, the social dilemma out there, the, the new video on Netflix that everybody's talking about and social media can be a time suck. Yeah. But the thing that I want to say to all business owners out there, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is how valuable it can be if you create um, bumpers. Now I look at this as like, you know, when you're bowling and when the kids are little, you put the bumpers up. Um, we all have the same goal. And it's the pins down the lane, but the bumpers are there to keep us out of the gutter. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with our time. So as long as you put these boundaries around social media, the thing I want to throw out there is just how valuable, number one, this relationship has become. And I'm so excited to hear uh, for you guys to hear his story and also where he's going. I think you're going to be inspired by it. Um, and we're also going to um, create a new program where we follow up with guests who have this huge 10X vision. Um, 12 months down the road and we're going to check in and show you what he's done. And, and Blake's going to be the first one that we're going to, we're going to bring back in 12 months. But anyway, um, Blake Clark, I'm, I'm just going to stop here and, and let you guys hear from him. Um, we ended up finally meeting after talking on social media forever and I've just been so inspired by his story and I've been watching him from a distance. Um, and I think this is actually the first time we've even seen each other in a year and a half since we met for coffee, right?
0: We're all over social media together. Yeah. We comment on our stuff all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like I know you and it's just it's just from us communicating on social media. So there is value to social media, but enough of that. Um, Blake, thank you for being on the show.
0: I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you.
1: Well, let's dive into the four questions. This is going to be an amazing interview. Um, you guys are going to be totally inspired by Blake's story. So stick with us. So Blake, who's had the greatest impact on your life?
0: It's always a tough question to answer for me. Honestly. Um, I think, I mean, obviously my, my parents have in, in both good and bad ways, I don't think a lot of people will be willing to admit that and in some ways there's a lot of things that uh, i think i learned from my dad at a young age that um is exactly who i am today because of that there's a lot of things i learned from them uh, at a young age that i'm exactly who i am today to not be like that and so um there's there's good and bad on both of that i'd say and then i don't it's really weird i don't look at there's not one person out there that i'm like i want to be like that person what i've what i've really learned to do because as weird as it sounds for me is I think when you try to imitate and model one person, it just, it confuses you even more and Mm -hmm. it gets frustrating because you're like, Oh, I got to do everything like this person. And obviously they're successful. So I need to do exactly everything they do to be successful. And I found a lot of frustration in that. So what I tend to do these days is I look at what my goal is, um, whatever my objection is for that year. I find somebody that's really good at that, that I like, that I just, I admire, you know, what they're good at. So whether that be like hey this person is killing it in this business from a sales perspective well what can i learn from that person and then i'll seek them out uh, through social media (laughs) i'll seek them out and try to take the best habits from that person and and the key things that make them successful in that and then maybe you know with somebody else like going into this year like you and i were talking about before this got started was it's a time thing like next year one of my biggest goals is like hey i want to invest more into myself i need to I've done a great job of scaling income, but not scaling probably more passive income that I want to see to free up time. So going to next year, it's like, okay, that's where my goal is gonna be. So let's start seeking out people that can help me get a lot better at that. One of my really good friends, uh, Templeton, he's he's a buddy of mine. He's killer at like the work-life balance. I'm always envious of that guy, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's funny as heck. But the one thing I admire about that guy is he was in my shoes and was able to still be successful, but scale back and, you know, do a lot of family time stuff. So for me, like with people, I don't, I don't look at one person. I just look at like, Hey, that person, I like that part of that person. What can I model off of that? And just take little bits and pieces from everybody to make myself, you know, what makes me happy.
1: That is valuable. And we're probably going to come back to that because there's, I mean, there was gold in that. So we'll circle back. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be?
0: Uh, risk-taking just, um, i worked for a big company i've worked for a couple companies for a long time and i invested a lot of time into them one of them was a big corporate job I uh, invested a ton of time i was a, a high high up uh production manager there with them um company went through some challenging times and they basically um they basically said you know you can't hold people accountable to sales anymore and mm-hmm. it's a sales job so my team was struggling we were we were good people and i, I was just so invested into that job and then they ended up, uh, I had a competition one day. I told my team, you know, whoever made X amount of outbound calls or whatever, I'll take you guys to lunch. It's me. And that company fired me for that. Wow. Because I, yeah, and mind you, I was like one of the top performing teams. So it was an ego thing for me because I left. And I'm like, man, like I poured eight years at this point. You know, I, I learned so much, invested so much time, energy, was all for the company, all for the business. Grew my team, we had great camaraderie. And then to be let go for something so petty like that, I was like, done. Like for me at that point, it was, it was, it was basically to rely on myself. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I got two kids. I, at that point, you know, we had my youngest, uh, that was coming. And so for me, it was like, um, you just got to take risk. Like you got to invest in yourself. You can't rely on other people for your security anymore. And I've always stuck from that. Like that was the pivot point for me that took me from, kind of the stable like the non-risk i got the job i got the comfortable you know 401k and pension to all right i have the ability and and it wasn't like that overnight like you know i'm not going to say i just flipped the switch and was like a massive risk taker and go get her but that's where it started to pivot for me and ever since then i just decided you know um You know, it's just funny. Like, the more you do it, the more risk you take, you're like, okay, this worked out. Okay. Okay. I failed a little bit. Let's just readjust and do better. And then that has tremendously allowed me to scale. Like, I would never go back to an hourly job ever again. Like, looking back, I'm almost disappointed in myself that I spent my entire almost 20s working for people when I could have just figured this out a lot sooner.
1: (laughs) I I, I don't want to, I don't like to get stuck on these questions, but you just said something that um, before the show, you were telling me. I put a post up a long time ago that said, uh, you know, your, your neighbor, your boss will never pay you enough to be his neighbor. And I mentioned yeah. that and you said, you actually live <laughs> next, next to, to of my boss. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, really good guy. I worked, uh, one of my jobs. So after that it happened, um, obviously I, I got a job right away. I didn't come, I needed kids. I actually took on three jobs. I was driving kind of trucks in the evening and working a call center. And then I was doing uh, kind of marketing for a, a large doctor's office. And uh, they had hired me to do a lot of their social media marketing and just uh, event marketing, and and I was like the face of the business. And so I s- started to scale. They started off with three offices, got up to I was like seven within the first like two years. Helped them scale up, build out their business. Um, and then I decided, you know, it's like, man, I don't really have a retirement. I lost my four hundred one k and the company investment when I lost my big corporate job. So I was like, I need to, I'm going to get into real estate to just start buying some rental properties. You know, I, need, I just need a place to something, you know, and it seemed like a good idea. And I like rentals for some reason. I got stuck on that when I was younger. And so um, I, I went to them and said, Hey, I got to, uh, I got to quit. And I didn't even have a job lined up at that time. I just said, it's going to take me three weeks to go to real estate school. And they were paying me a salary at that time plus bonus. And I said, I don't feel right taking a salary from you guys and going to school and you guys pay me for a month so i am gonna and he's like well man we need you and he's like how about this how about i still pay you for the month um you still help out you know after school and after you know outside of classes still do some marketing stuff and i'll even pay for you to go to school and all as long as you promise to come back because at that point i had no intention of doing real estate like full-time it was just strictly Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get my license just to have access to deals to invest in so yeah he paid me to go to school i came back first year i did really good in real estate i went to him again a year later said hey man i gotta probably quit. Real estate's doing good. He gave me a raise not to quit. Said okay, I'm gonna hang out with you again for two years. And then by year three I had to quit. But on year two I had actually sold him his house, which is in my neighborhood. I quit. And then six months later I bought a house (laughs) three doors down from him. That's awesome. (laughs) Now we're neighbors, we see each other every day. But well and that's
1: such a great point because when I you know when I threw it when I throw that post out there and I say something I I even hesitated to put it up for a while because I have a lot of employees and and trust me like I, I want my employees to quit. I mean, yeah. I, I want, we, we made I made a comment about, you know, yeah. Dylan, our, yeah. our content guy. I'm like, I don't, yeah. and maybe he has no intention of leaving. We've yeah. never talked about it, but I, I, um, I want to see them prosper. But the reality that we all know is that 70, 80, 90% of the people are not going to put that level of work in. And so anyway, back to the post when I, when I put that, I hesitated putting that post up yeah. for a while cause I don't want, I don't want it to come across demeaning or yep. demoralizing or anything to employees, but but if they take it properly, like you did, yep. I mean, obviously you didn't
0: yeah, do yeah, it based yeah, on my yeah, post, yeah, but
1: yeah. this is such a great story that I I actually throw that post out there because
0: I want people to do what you did. Yeah. I think you should always have it in the back of your mind to help develop your people. Like it's important to me. I think that they'll feel that. And to your point, there's probably always going to be those people that I think you're right. They don't have it in them and not in a bad way by any means. It's just the the personality isn't there or, you know, maybe they value the the, you know, the, the weekends off and the nights off, you know, they, they are very content and that fits in with their end goal in life. You know, yeah. not everybody's yeah. end goal is, Hey, I want to make sure. a shit ton of money or, yeah. I want to, that's, and there's, and, and that was one thing for me. And I still catch myself on that because I get so invested into people where I'm like, no, you got to think bigger. You got to do this and this. And uh, my wife and a lot of my friends got to rule me back. Sometimes they're like, that person doesn't want that. Sometimes, sometimes you can't force that on people. Right. And I'm like, you're right. And like, it's not even my place. Yeah. <laughs> but I always, it, it's always the intention. Exactly. Like what you said to help people, you want to see them grow. You want to, you know, I get a lot of self-fulfillment when you see people, you help, they take that advice and they run with it. And uh, they start reaching goals because you're willing to help them. It's it's an amazing feeling for
1: me. Well, and that's why the process, um, you know, what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results and then adjust. That's why that's so important. And whatever process you use, whether it's mine or someone else's, it's so important that you go through that process and figure out what it is that you want as an individual. 100%. What Blake just said is just such wisdom. Cause I fall into that same trap too. I'm constantly like, 100%. you know, trying to get people to fit into what I want. Yeah. It's what does Mike really want? And yeah. what... <laughs> you get mad when they don't do it. You're like, yeah.
0: no, you're capable of so much more. You get so frustrated. And it's just like, I got to let go of that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why that,
1: you know, the roadmaps are so important, whatever roadmap you're going to use. Yeah. Um, to really determine what you want because the adjust is important because it's your roadmap and, and you have the freedom to adjust that, but you really need to, I was having a conversation this morning with a a girl that lives in um, England and Dubai Mm. and my mentor, David Osborne, I just spent three days with him. He's awesome. He's like her dream mentor. And he, and she went into his office at one point in time and she was talking about how he has pictures of every seven, uh, like all 72 properties that he owned then He's got goals all over his wall. This guy keeps this stuff in front of him. Yeah. But the thing that's inspiring to me is David will be the first one to tell you that he wasn't born organized. He wasn't born a goal setter. Like yep. he went through a process. And so, yeah. Um. you know, I I guess what I'm getting at is just whatever it is you want in life. Back to Blake's comment that was so wise. It's your dream. It's your vision. It's your life. You yep. figure it out, but keep it in front of you. And then yeah. I'll, I'll go back to what you said before. Um. You know, find that one person that has it's just it could be 10 steps ahead of you. It could be a hundred steps yep. ahead of you, but um, find that one person
0: that can mentor you in that. That was so wise. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I put a post up on my social media last night, asking people if they pay for a mentor. It was, it was good. I got a lot of people that said they would, and I had people that said they wouldn't. And I remember for me, I remember being that guy at one time. It's like, no, I'm not paying any. I'll figure this out. And then as you get older again, with the time, my time's worth something, you just figure it out. You're like, man, I could totally just, go to somebody that's already got this figured out. Has, has already t- 10 steps ahead. just like what you said, compensate them for their time. You know, and a lot of people look at that completely wrong. Right. Oh, why do I have to pay somebody? They just give it to me. For, well, their time's worth something mm-hmm. they've spent. Year, they've, they've probably lost a lot of money. Like same thing yeah. for me building my businesses. Yeah. I've made good money, but I've lost a ton of money figuring things out. Yeah. And so it's the right thing to do. You just go to that person and I'll compensate you for your time. Teach me what, you know, because their time is valuable. It's yeah. worth money. You know, um, and man, you can shave off so many years of just, I mean, yeah, there's, there's going to be that always that humbling part. Like I just figure it out on my own. True. But would you rather speed that process up and just get that done in a year instead of totally. figuring it out five years and the money you're going to spend in waste, figuring it out on your yeah. own over five years yeah. versus whatever. Compensation you can give that mentor just to help you to figure it out in six months to a year. I've, I've been down this road many times. Yeah. It's just cheaper to pay a mentor. <laughs> I agree so much. Save yourself time.
1: <laughs> you know, and I think some people out there that you're know, the, probably the people that answered no to your thing. I mean, it, it could potentially be, you know, they've been burned by a mentor or whatever. True, but I think a lot true. of people have this preconceived idea about, well, and I won't even say burned by a mentor, probably burned by some program they bought, run into the back of the room yeah, that didn't really add value to them. Yeah. But the other side of this, and I want to point this out because I think what you said, again, is just so wise. If you don't have skin in the game and somebody in the, your position, we'll get into this in a little bit, but you know, you've got a lot of people that are trying to, I'm doing air quotations, pick your brain. Sure. Um, from your perspective, you want to have somebody that's got skin in the game too. And yeah. you know they're committed to actually not just picking your brain and wasting your time. 100%. Because there's so many people that want to pick your brain, and they're never going to do what you tell them to do. And so, if they've got vested interest through finance and capital, they're going to be more committed to that process.
0: It's just such a low barrier to entry to weed people out at this point, you know. And I, and I only, to your point, with skin in the game, I, I'm only, I, I, anything that I'm, in, I'm 100% invested in, I'm going to put skin in the game. Yeah. You know, like I've I've had mentors that I seeked out, and I've offered. Like I will pay you. They ignored me for a little while. I will pay. No, listen, I'm gonna pay you, and you're you're gonna either tell me yes or you're gonna tell me no. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be here. And yeah. next week, guess what? You're gonna get another DM from me. <laughs> and the week after that, there's one guy I chased uh, for a year to coach me. I kid you not. On social media, just coach, just chase this guy. Chased him, DM'd him. He would reply about personal stuff like. He's got some cool cars. Like, this dude does very well. And, and I'm a car guy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's a really cool car. And he's like, yeah, thanks, man. And then I'd shoot him a DM the next week about business, ignore it. It shows red and ignore it. I'm like, man. All right. And then, like, you know, he'd, he'd do something about his house with like a pool. And I'm like, yeah, I built my own pools. And he, oh, thanks for the advice there. And then next week I'd, he'd post some of his business. I asked him to ignore it. I started seeing a trend. I'm like, all right, he's going to talk to me about, you know, personal stuff here and there. But when it comes to business, he just gets real quiet on me. Yeah. And then i just kind of hounded him and hounded him and hounded him, and then uh finally that dm went out i, and I kid you i was like a year of this like i was getting so frustrated because i was like i'm i'm one of those guys now that i've learned to just be very i get so attached to a goal or an idea that um i just won't let it go it bothers Man. me it bothers the heck out of me and i had this conversation with them or this text i was and i shot a message i was like listen I've been chasing you for a year i i want to learn like you obviously have this figured out i want to learn so either you're gonna teach me, or I'm just gonna keep you're gonna have this going on for another year and I'll pay you. I don't care. Tell me what it costs, but I know that I can learn from you. Um, he read it and he didn't respond. <laughs> and I'm like, All right. So I was already in my mind, like next week, next DM's gonna go out. I get a random phone call one night on my phone. I'm in my office and phone rings and uh, he's like, Hey, is this is who and I'm like, Who? He's like, "Oh, you messaged I'm like, Oh crap. Like he found me on Instagram. I'm like, well, he didn't find me. We've been messaging on there, but he literally went to the call button on my phone. Wow and called me. And he's like, All right, you got, uh, you got one, one shot. Here's what I'm going to do. You're going to pay me. It was, it was like 15 G's. He's like, You're going to pay me 15 grand, but I'm going to bring you out to Lake Powell and you're going to stay on my yacht. And it's going to be, I'm going to bring all my, my team with me and, and what I do. And uh, we'll pull back the curtains on the business and I'll answer everything you can. And, wow. I was like, and I was like, Done. And he's like, You're good? 15? I go, Done. Yeah, done. And so I didn't even think a second about it because. Yeah. I've been watching this guy for a year. Like, he's got to figure it out. You know, he's, he's where I want to be. So I remember telling my wife, and my wife's like, How do you know this guy? I'm like, Instagram. <laughs> She's like, You're paying him how much? I was like, Yeah. So we drive, remember, we drive to Powell and we're sitting in this little bar. And he was like, He's like, All right, I'll be up. My wife's like, We're getting catfished. He's probably not even here. And you spent all this money. We never met this guy before. Uh, sure enough, dude comes up on his boat, picked us up in a helicopter around Powell and dude it was game changer for me like i learned i to to put it in i made the money i paid him i made back in three days yeah like it was like that one like just from the information and now on top of that i've got a relationship with that guy anytime i pick up the phone i'll call him he'll help me if i'm stuck we stay at his house whenever we go and power social media yeah you know what i mean But yeah. it was like that barrier to entry where yeah. you know he probably gets hit up all the time for stuff but it's like hey yeah. i'm willing to pay you and i was relentless and i and and he had the same conversation with me you go like do you know how many people hit me up i got nice cars nice stuff and mm-hmm. nobody does anything it's a waste of my time He goes, i I make more money just doing what i do on a day-to-day than even trying to help anybody yeah. anymore but yeah. it was a combination of relentless and willing to compensate them that that re- removed that barrier to entry the yep. skin in the game yep and dude, one of the best relationships I have in business now.
1: Yeah. So. That's awesome. And you know, just back to the social media front, the power of it, uh, there, there's a, there's a deeper lesson in there that most people will never find because even pre-social media, mm-hmm. there was guys that would do what you did and maybe it was through letters or, you know, yeah. trying to get through the front office or whatever. Yeah. It's always, it's always existed, but social media, LinkedIn, like even on LinkedIn, you can see like how many connections now. And there's yeah. that old theory of, the six degrees of separation, you know, somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows 100%. somebody that knows somebody that, that has what you need. But now like you're one person away through social media. So 100%. that's such an inspiring story. The and barriers removed. It's yeah. so
0: easy. Like yeah. you have access to everything at the click of your fingers. That's amazing. That's man. crazy. Yeah.
1: What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it?
0: <sighs> greatest setback, man. Um changing my mindset and also changing who i surround myself with i grew up not in an environment that breed uh that bred i should say i just didn't come from like a, a bunny background man grew up poor um so when you grow up poor i think you grow up with poor mindset and not even by design. It's not like you're, I don't think anybody's parents are like, I want my kids to fail. It's never the goal. But I think that what you don't know, you don't know. You know what I mean? Like what I know now and the lessons I've learned, I'm going to pass on to my kids and they're probably going to have a better opportunity to do something because of the knowledge I've acquired where I didn't have access to that when I was a kid. So for me, it was like, I went through that whole thing. I've just grown up poor all my entire twenties, just hanging around the wrong people, um, not being around people that thought big. And that's the thing for me is like, if i'm ever in a circle of people and i'm the one that's doing the best whether it be financially or business or anything like that i'm in the wrong circle Mm -hmm. like i will intentionally put myself around people that are way bigger than me like i want to be the little guy in the room and a lot of people i think have a hard time checking their ego on that right like traditionally you look at people and they're like i want to be the the heavy hitter. i want to be the guy that makes the big. yeah Yeah. i want to be the money maker and be better than all my friends like it's such a wrong way of thinking. because like, it's just number one, it's a different conversation. You sit yeah. down with people that think big. You get so much more out of that conversation. Like you leave that and you go home and you're like, man, that was just packed full of information. Instead of hanging around people where you're just like spending the day talking about, you know, like the football game, which I'm not a sports guy, so don't crucify me for those of you guys who listen to football and tell me shut up. But Are like, they even playing football? I don't know. <laughs> Cardboard cutouts in the stand. <laughs> But that for me was the hardest part, was letting go of just the relationships that weren't serving me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got, and I've got friends to this day that are great friends that aren't ever gonna go big and that's, there's nothing wrong, sure. with, it, nothing wrong with that at all. But I, I, I got really bad about, like when I was in my younger, like thinking in my head, like I need to, I need to be at the top of the crown. I need to be the dude that's making, you know, whatever it is, the most money, have the most things, the nicest car, whatever. And at the end of the day like it wasn't serving me Mm -hmm. and so for me now like when i figured it out like in my late 20s when this whole transition started it's like i had to put the ego at the door and say i don't i don't want to be the smartest guy in the room i've been thinking backwards this whole time i don't want to be the guy that's making the most money i don't want that i want to be the little guy because if i surround myself with people that are going bigger i'm always going to learn something every time i'm around that guy every lunch every every hangout every time we're out on my boat and those guys are with me and i'm learning stuff like i'm gonna go higher yeah they're gonna pull me with them Yep. and so that for me was probably the biggest game changer for me still I is it. yeah i and love it who i what who i am today will be very different in three to four years because as i you know and i'll, I'll always maintain these relationships the people that get to me sure but i'm always looking up like man that guy's way ahead of me okay how now i'm here how do i get to that level it's always climbing that peak and so uh, i i seek the people big time now that are where i want to be you know and go after them so. yeah
1: one of my mentors always said um you know if you're the smartest guy in the room you need to find a bigger room. 100%
0: exactly
1: 100%. I love it. And you know f- for for those of you that are out there that are hearing this and it sits with you weird, you're not saying that you don't have relationships with some of those no. friends or family members. It's just if you truly it, it's like budgeting time, right? Yeah. And I look at relationships in buckets. One of the things with go abundance um, there's, there's, there's different pillars, right? 100%. And one of them is authentic relationships 100%. and you can have an authentic relationship with your high school friends or your college friends, or even, you know, couple friends that just, just call it what it is. Like we've got a relationship with a couple friend that we just love hanging out with. Yep. Um, I'm never going to spend time with what I call a, an, energy vampire. Sure. 100%. If I'm done with that dinner and I yeah. feel like, 10 times worse than what I went in, I'm cutting that off. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that like every couple dinner that we go out to has to be around business. And, um, I've got some friends that I dearly love and we laugh and we love and we have a great time together.
0: They're authentic relationships and they appreciate who you are and you appreciate who they are. And it's very mutual. Yeah. Yeah but I think you also have to get to
1: a point where you're budgeting that time, right? Mm-hmm. Like wh- you obviously didn't get to where you're at by spending 90% of your time mm-hmm. with those relationships, right? You probably narrowed it down to 5% or something yeah. like that. So.
0: Yeah. It, y- and you said the, the energy suck thing. That was a big one. Yeah. Family and friends too. Both. That's the hardest part is, is the, i don't even know how to answer that for some people because i don't ever i i'll never feel comfortable with me like hey i I cut a family member out yeah (laughs) i've had to do it yeah because it's been on that you know and you're going to find yourself as you do better in life like you do better and better and better it's like a rubber band man like the gaps start to go and you're gonna have these really weird feelings at least i do i don't know about everybody else but you are gonna have these really weird feelings where you're like man Pulling away from these people, and I feel bad about it, and uh, you're almost like you don't deserve it. Yeah. You're like, oh, I got a nice house, and I got nice cars, and I got all these really cool things I work towards that make me happy. But I got family members over here that don't have that stuff. You know what I mean? And, and it's almost like a guilt inside. Yeah, and I struggled with that. I really did for a long time until like one day I was just like, whose life am I living? Yeah. Like you have to like you almost have to think about that. Like what makes me feel good inside? For some people, it is having nice cars, nice house. Some people. It's making a ton of money and being able to donate that to that church. For some people, it's ramping up their income as fast as possible to get enough assets to replace their income. And then they live the rest of their life, you know, not with a ton of money, but enough Mm -hmm. to get by and not have to work anymore. And that is happiness to that person. Everybody's looks different. Right. But just understand you're going to have to give up relationships to get to that level because to expect that what you want is what your group of people who are down here right now, that they're all going to follow suit, which I wish they would have. Man, if I could get all my friends and family to be on the same mindset, same thought, wanting to grow the same way I did. That'd be amazing. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And it's frustrating to try to don't ever think you're going to get everybody to do
1: it. (laughs) You know, I just came out of a three day meeting with the the champions in the go abundance group. And there was some really, really smart guests and just brilliant people. I'm definitely leveled up with Mm -hmm. to what you're talking about. I feel expanded. Yeah. Um, My energy's high. One of the things that was said, and this goes back to what you were just saying, a guy in the room said, "Um, fighting the current is exhausting.
0: Mm, 100%. Yeah. I agree with that. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm just like hearing that, you know, when you're talking about a current, could be people trying to. I was going to say people trying to hold you back, but even further, like trying to get people to come with you as fighting the current, too. Right.
0: For me, it was the the pulling out part. I mean, it was. there's always going to be those people I think that try to hold you back or don't want to see you do well or whatever. I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, it was the people coming. Cause I'm that guy that naturally I like to see people win. Like I just do, I don't even see competition. Like I'm in the real estate industry and everybody has this mindset. Like, Oh, I couldn't sell every freaking house in the world. I can't sell every house in Arizona. Yeah. You know, all I need is my little spear of influence in my pocket and I'm happy. And if I can help other people get to where I'm at, great. Yeah, like, There's more than enough to go around. You You have to have that abundant mindset with people. Yeah. And so my thoughts of trying to get people to see things that way, it it just doesn't work out. I finally had to sever that. I was like, it's just not going to work out. if they would want to follow me and they want to learn from me, I'm here, I'm access, but I'm not going to force anything for anybody to try to do that anymore. So,
1: um, we could totally end here. And Blake has brought so much value to this conversation, but we're not going to, we're going to finish the questions and stay with us because we're going to get into Blake's background and, and, and why he is who he is today. Um, it's inspiring. And then we're going to talk about his next big thing, which I think is going to be pretty cool. So um, fourth question, what is the single piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most?
0: Consistency. Mm -hmm. Like that's probably, um, I mean, there's a lot of things I Mm -hmm. think that do tie into some form of success, but I think for people, just consistency, you have to do just see so many people give up so soon myself included, you know, on, on things for a long time until I finally just figured out, like, it's doing the same, whether you like it, don't like it. If you know that this action is going to move you closer to this goal, you know, whether it be like working out, right? Like I want to get in good shape. Well, you can't work out three days a week and expect to be shredded like you know you can't eat good three days a week and bad for. yeah you're all in or you're not and so for me anything you do i think consistency should be at the foundation of what you do you know whatever, whatever that looks like whether you you want to if you work at a job and you want to get promoted be the best at what you do but do it consistently like every day show up every day and so for me that's it's just i've broken it down it's just day by day wins that's it brick by brick like if you have a goal at the end of the year I rever I'm a big fan of reverse engineering. Like, hey, if I wanna make this much money, or if I want to own this many investment properties, or if I wanna own this car, it's gonna cost me this, whatever that looks like. If I wanna scale my business to this, okay, what does that look like on a if it's a five year goal, one year whatever? Okay, if it's a one year goal, what does that look like month to month? Okay, what do I gotta do day by day that's <laughs> gonna get me there? And okay, let's get to work brick by brick. Like every day do the same thing. Yeah. And those that follow me on social media, they'll see that. It's yeah. I mean, I post a lot of funny crap, but every day 4 a.m i'm out running my neighborhood i don't like it i hate running my body's not built for running but i like to be in shape and what i found for me is is um if i get up and work out first thing in the morning every day it, i'm going <laughs> by like 6 a.m i'm in full speed my mind's go i'm not waking up and burning an hour and a half of like being in that weird fozzy haze where i gotta drink coffee and get my day going like 4 a.m i'm done i'm done with that hit the gym i'm done out of there by 6 30 so by 7 a.m when everybody's rolling out of bed i'm like full speed emails are answered <laughs> and i do it every day consistently yeah. sunday through sunday i don't take days off
1: this guy's a machine you guys yeah.
0: <laughs> like that it's just it, you have to be that intentional at least i do i, I don't want to say for everybody but For me, it's just consistency doing the same thing. You know, if you're if you're in sales, make the calls every day. Make the social media posts every day. Market every day. If you want to see consistent results, you want to see consistent paychecks, you want to see consistent growth, do the things every day. Wow. Yeah. So I have a question.
1: Um, because there's always this like, well, yeah, easy for him. (laughs) Are you are you were you born a habit
0: guy or did you learn to stack this? Um I I was fortunate enough to have a dad that worked his his ass off when i was a kid and i learned that he came from a construction background so like when i grew up he owned his own kind of concrete company i always laugh because i tell people this story but i like my most fond memories of my dad we have a lot of them but i still like to this day remember being a kid and he had this old pickup truck and you'd hear it start up it's like an old 64 chevy flatbed and I'd look out my window, it was like four in the morning, and uh, he smoked cigarettes, which I don't. <laughs> but you'd just see the cigarette cherry in the dark walking back and forth in the morning, loading up his tools into his truck, his construction tools, and then, you know, see his truck pull out of the yard with the cigarette cherry driving out. <laughs> and that was before the sun was up, and then yeah. you'd see him come home when the sun was down. I mean, sun up to sun down. He was a, my dad was a really hard worker. Um, so I learned that at a young age because when I went to work, came up in the kind of construction background and I got my first job at 12. I wanted nice clothes and my parents were like, you got to work, can't afford it. So I got a job washing airplanes. And so my job when I was younger, that's what my dad did. I'm going to take you to work in the morning on my way to work. I'm going to drop you off at this airplane place. You're going to wash airplanes in the morning before they open, get off, uh, catch the bus to the place after school, clean the airplanes, you know, and I had it and worked every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And then my dad would pick me up on his way home from work and give me a ride because I wasn't driving at 12 yet. Yeah. Um, so I learned work ethic from him at a young age. So I, luckily I was, I was, I, I, that's always stuck with me. I've always been consistent, always worked. I've never been a guy that's done the bare minimum mm-hmm. when I came to work at least. So
1: you just grind, yeah. keep, keep going with your, your, your background, your family story. Cause this is, this is huge.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So, so we, um, yeah, so I, I learned that from him. Uh, the things I probably learned that I didn't want to do is like I said, we grew up super poor. So we came from, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, is where my family was born and raised. My dad ran his, his, uh, concrete business there. And then, so I had a younger brother. I have an older brother who's a half brother, um, from my dad's previous marriage. There's myself, there's my sister and there's my brother. We were all very close in age. My sisters are younger and then my little brother was two years younger. So one day my dad coming home from work and, um, my brother and I had this thing. We used to play across the street and field, uh, from our house. And then my dad would come home and we'd ride on the back of his truck uh backing in and then one day my brother was on the back of a truck and his foot slipped on the bumper and i was standing next to him and he unfortunately had fallen on the bumper and the ball hitch went through his eye and so um he went my dad was backing up he went underneath the truck and so i remember uh i remember beating on my dad's door like hey he's under the truck you know so my dad grabs him goes inside the house throws me and my sister out. I remember the helicopter coming to pick my brother up. And then I remember that night my parents coming home and uh, letting us know that he had passed away. So that put my dad in like this crazy depression, obviously. I couldn't imagine what that would have done to me if that was one of my kids. So um, we, that house we ended up losing. He, he wasn't working for a while. And so we lost that house. We went and got a rental property. And then my mom actually ended up, because uh, he, he wasn't working, my mom had a job doing like some campaigning and stuff like that. And so she ended up in Arizona actually helping a guy. This is like 96 running for like Senate. And I remember my dad, we were in this uh, rental house. And then one day he was just like, uh, we're going to move to Arizona. And he packed up, we had a U-Haul threw everything in this U-Haul. We had an old like 64 Suburban and something. And whatever didn't fit in the U-Haul, we had a yard sale we sold and we, so we came to Arizona with a U-Haul and like two trucks. And then we, until he was able to get a job, we stayed in an office building, luckily in Phoenix for uh, like a month or so until my dad was able to get a job uh, doing construction. and Got a rental property in South Phoenix, which we didn't know about South Phoenix at the time where we were at. Uh, a little bit of a rough area so we were there for like oh, we got in this rental property like for six months and my mom's car got stolen hmm. it wasn't even anything nice it was like a 96 Buick saber or something like that got stolen and they took it out to the desert and like wrecked it and then we got like a 96 or 97 pontiac trans am <laughs> while we're still living there and it got stolen <laughs> and they lit it on fire My parents were like, I think it's time we probably get out of here, you know, and my dad was doing, uh, he got a job doing construction again at that time, doing like dirt work and stuff. And we ended up out in Maricopa of all places. And when I was out there, I'm talking 96, 97. So that town, there was, I mean, I still remember us going out there and there's this person riding a horse down the street. (laughs) And mind you, I'm from like Las Vegas. I grew up in Vegas. My dad, you know, part-time was like a DJ. So I grew up around, you know, him packing up on the bars on Saturday nights and, all that the, the the Vegas life as a kid you'd imagine um so i'm like what? The, my parents are gonna move me out here you know like there's nothing out here i remember my graduating class there was like I don't know, 30 40 of us maybe we were a 2a school like wow. elementary middle and high school was all on one piece of property back in the day that's great it was a good thing because i was a little bit of a troublemaker back then <laughs> and so it was a small town i got let off a lot a lot off, uh, off the hook for things i probably shouldn't have um so it was doing good. I started working and, and then the, I graduated high school and uh, just doing construction and everything moved out. Uh, I had my daughter by the time. Well, then the economy hit, my dad lost his job in the recession again and that house got foreclosed on mm. and I kicked myself in the butt for that. Cause I remember he came to me to, he's like, Hey, you want to buy it? And I just couldn't afford it at the time. Like I was young, not making a whole lot of money, had two kids. And so I didn't buy the house. So it got foreclosed on, they lost that house gotten a rental again and they actually ended up in oregon one day just they gave up out here and my dad was like i'm just done like he'd just been kicked in the pants so much so he ended up in uh, oregon they still live there to this day um and then i'd moved out of maricopa i lived in gilbert started working and that's where i'm at now so like i remember growing up and seeing a lot of what he had been through um just told myself like i don't want that like it just don't i got I remember growing up and just you know always stressing about money i remember freaking repo guys driving by our house trying to repo our cars <laughs> my dad couldn't afford it you know so when you're a kid you don't think anything of that and then you get older and you're like man you know it sucks and so like i think a lot of people have this really they're like man why are you so hungry at this age like why do you you know you should be content and it's funny because i look i remember i made a post on facebook i think I was like. 26 and uh i just met my wife or something like that right around that age and i was like man if i could just make 100 grand a year i'll be so happy i remember it on it came up in one of my memories yeah. and i look back i'm like man if i made 100 grand a year i'd feel like a loser right now like where i'm at because i just push so hard mm-hmm. you know but it was just one of those things where i i probably will never like I, i'm actually terrified to go to end up in that position not that i think it ever would because i don't know if i'd ever would allow myself but that so many good memories of being a kid, but just seeing my parents stress out about that and stuff so much that, yeah. uh, you know, there was no financial planning for them. Like yeah. They're in their 70s now and they don't have financial plan. They don't have any of that, you know, so the reality is he's probably going to be working until the day he dies. So it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. So I learned well, a lot from that. <laughs> yeah. And your dad
1: obviously had a tragedy, but here's the question. And, you know, if you're not comfortable with this answer being out in the world, we can we can edit it down. Yep. But the question that I would have is if that tragedy, cause your dad was obviously a hard, hard worker, but I guess my question is, is that enough? If that tragedy hadn't happened, do you think that he would have ever had the mindset to be successful or, or is it because of that tragedy that he wasn't
0: Is hard work <sighs> enough? No, I don't think it is. Um, for me, cause it, Great example of me. I was a hard worker and I did okay. Like I made okay money. I had job security. I I, I did okay. Hard work will get you uh, somewhere. But the the reality of it is you only have so many hours in your day. Right. I don't care how hard you work. You got 24 hours. And of those 24, you got to sleep. I mean, unless you're like me, I sleep about five hours a night, six hours a night. (laughs) but. You, and you got to eat and you got to spend time with some kids and you know you, you got to take a little time but the reality of it is is it does you're only going to work so hard in x amount yeah. of hours and that's only going to carry you so far yeah. you have to learn how to start leveraging like that's the yeah. thing for me and that's i'm still in the, i'm in that phase right now i'm young yeah. and i make pretty good money i probably should have started leveraging a long time ago um even then like i've deviated away from it i've done good i've bought my rental properties and then um, I go through these weird phases where myself, where like I almost went really lean for a while. I remember I sold all my nice stuff and I was like, I don't need all this. It's a lot of stress to maintain. And, uh, but then I almost get unmotivated because I'm, I, I like nice things. Like I didn't yeah. grow up with nice cars. Like my first car was a freaking 86 Toyota pickup and it was primered. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't buy my first brand new car until I was 28 years old on Father's Day. Yeah. And I probably could have afforded one, but I put all my money into my businesses and I didn't, you know, the house I have. Um, I went back and forth on that twice. I had a deposit on the house next to it, and I talked myself out of it. I was mm-hmm. like, "I can't afford this," and you know, it's too scary. Even though I could, I just I talked myself out of a lot of things. And then I I found for me personally, it's not for everybody. I attach myself to goals. Mm-hmm. So whether you know for me, I like nice things. Yeah. Um, I like I like investments. I like all that. It just depends on what my goal is set for that. So I'll say, hey, I want this. What do I got to do to achieve that? And that'll push me like yeah. that. It, it's not for everybody. Like, right. and I I know there's some people that they're like, oh, I'm done. that's there's more to life, blah blah blah. blah. But for me, I, I enjoy that. I like the goal. I like I like setting a goal and I like hitting that goal. Yeah. And then it's on to the next one. And that's how I grow. Yeah. Cause otherwise I think it goes back to your why. If you don't have a goal you're working towards, you're you're just gonna kind of flounder out, I think.
1: So. Yeah. Well, there's two things, and I've often said, and I'd be curious if you believe this, but um, you know, money doesn't change who you are, it just amplifies it. it does. And then the other thing too is like you, you, you're right. We probably do have those people. And I don't know that most of my listeners are those people. Um, but we probably do have those people that'd be like, Oh, well, you know, you're just motivated for things and this and that. And I, I like even back to the goal thing, everybody's motivated. You know, people say money doesn't matter, yeah. but if the goal is to just make enough money to pay for groceries, yeah, that's still a financial motivator. I mean, yeah. if that, if that's the life and the existence you want, 100%. then have it. 100%. I don't want that. And I'm the same as you. When I set goals for myself, sometimes they're, sometimes they're object driven. Sometimes they're financially yep. driven. Sometimes they're, you know, family driven. Sometimes yep. they're health driven. Changes. Yeah. Wherever you feel like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like there's no set way. I, I try to tell people that all the time, you know, it's and I try to mix it up. I, I go through these phases where I'm like, it's very object driven, like I oh, want yeah. this, 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 this yeah. car, and this, and then I go through phases where it's more like, okay, I want to invest in my business and grow it to this, 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 and so it just changes. I don't know, like I, I, don't get too attached to that anymore. I used to. I used to think there's this exact map you have to follow that everybody. No, no it's just do what makes you happy. Just make sure it's the right choice. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. adjust
1: when your desires change. Hundred percent. Like they're yours. Yeah. they're nobody else's. No. I yeah. I messaged you the other day, and again, we haven't even seen each other for no year and a half or something. But yeah. I messaged you the other day because you, you got one of those things you've been working for. And I yeah. told you, man, I'm like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. And you didn't go get debt on it. You went and no. paid cash for
0: it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I told myself if I'm going to buy this, it's going to be cash. Yeah. Like I don't, and it, took, and it was tough because I was saving up money. That's been a goal, you know, since I was a kid I Had the poster on the wall, yeah. everybody, everybody had that poster. I think it's not a girl, by the way, cause, no, cause you're married. I've and- already got one of those. <laughs> 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 um, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, is I wanted, I wanted one. And then, so, uh, you know, I had some cash saved up and then it's like, Oh, I got to start a business. And we started it. And then like last year, it was like, Oh, I got to start my team. We needed an office. So I had to buy an office and do the build out. So cash went there. And then we got our house and it was like, okay, I got to, do the pool first for the family so like every time i'd save some cash up there's priorities that always just took place and then i almost talked myself out of it i like i went through this weird thing at the end of last year where i was like you know do i really need that it's kind of dumb and then i i I caught myself because i i told myself i was like i don't need that which i don't um it was more of a goal but then i i got so upset at myself i was like no you've wanted this for so freaking long why are you just going to give up you're so close like why would you quit and tomorrow i would sell it i don't like that's the funny thing about me with my goals everybody's like oh you got it I'm like, "Eh, whatever like it's Mm -hmm. cool i like it i enjoy it but it's just a goal yeah and it'll sell because i've had other nice vehicles and cars whatever yeah and they always get sold because it's just a vehicle right? right but to me it's it's the again right i get really attached to these Things and so like I told myself I was like I don't need it I can take that money and go put it in this investment whatever and I like told my then but then the thought of me not checking that off the list bothered me more than just not having it yeah I was like and you're gonna take me for a ride in it oh yeah what is it it's a Lamborghini Huracan nice (laughs) it's beautiful too I haven't seen it in person but yeah it's super fun so so yeah it's just it was uh it felt good to check that off and it feels weird now because now it's like what's next like i don't have any more i I literally don't have any more car goals like that was it and i just wanted (laughs) one since i was a kid i had like the Kuntage poster on the wall with the checkered floor i think everybody had that as a kid yeah it's like oh i finally was able to afford one and pay yeah i was like i'm not taking debt on this thing it's if i'm gonna do it it's cash i don't want to i want to be able to be liquid if i have to sell it tomorrow underneath it Um, yeah you
1: actually showed me the title like yeah which is cool um (laughs) Uh, you know, and again, these are benchmarks, right? They these are. are, these are mile markers. Yeah. Like if we're going to drive from here to Salt Lake, there's, there's turns. Yep. There's, uh, they're just mile markers. That's all they are. Yeah. Well, I and
0: mean, then like now next year, like I said, it's not even an object goal. Like next year for me, is like, okay, I'm going to go heavy on investments. Like I, I hit this object goal that that's off the list. What's next? What's important yeah. for me? And I took a week. I thought about it. I was like, okay, what is next year really going to look like for me? where am I going to invest my time, energy, money? Like, and, and so for me, it was like, okay, I want to invest in more passive income because yeah, I made a lot of money this year and I hit goals and I got my, my, my toys, whatever you want to call it and stuff. But I found out it sacrificed my time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and so for me, it's like, how do I buy time? So now next year goals for me are really centered around investments in time. Well,
1: and really, you talked about how you don't like to speed, but as far as buying time, you can get there a lot faster now with this car. 100%. <laughs> 100%.
0: Kidding. Yeah. That's why I don't understand people when they're old and they drive slow. It's like, man, your days are numbered. Speed it <laughs> up. You got to get there quicker, buy more time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of
1: fast, um, Dylan Burns, our content guy's in, in the room and he got pulled over on the way he, here. So that,
0: that's why. Did uh, you get a ticket? Oh, there you go, dude. So you just had to throw the wink at him. So you're like, I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm going to try to pull this
1: together. So, um, I want you guys to understand. I mean, I think you got a lot of insight into Blake and you know, where he's at and just one of the most inspiring, motivated guys that, you know, uh, around, and I just love spending time with him. Um, but you're also a family man. I Um, I don't need to know, you know, the details on where to find your little daughters and all that stuff, but talk to me about that for a minute
0: yeah i got a beautiful wife i got three kids uh two older kids that are 12 13 and then i got my youngest she's six um it's crazy man they all just got such different personalities which has been i don't know man it's i'm it's always weird being a dad like i don't like you always wonder if you're just doing it right you know what i mean you're like oh man like i'm the jerk that has to set down the rules and you know i have that daughter who's going into the whole fun teenagers right now Mm -hmm. and the puberty thing she was like my best kid like from day one easiest and then all of a sudden this year i'm getting the back talk i'm getting the eye rolls and i'm like i'm not used to this stuff right now with her so you wonder if you're making the right choices and decisions and so i've tried a a lot of what i do today is built around what does this look like for them you know because i know they kind of watch what i do and it's it's back to the passive income you know um and buying more investments and stuff it's it's really just building something for my kids one day to have you know and so I'm really big on not handing them anything. Like I'm never going to build anything. If they, if they take me off and they grow up to just go down the wrong path, I'll sell it all on my last final days and yeah. I'll buy cheetahs and leopards and all kinds of unnecessary <laughs> things and blow money just to make a like, <laughs> cheetahs but, and Cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I, yeah. But awesome. the, the goal is, is to, to build businesses for them to come into and work. And I try to teach them, um, again my older two kids are with an ex-girlfriend of mine and her and i are very different people um in our own ways and so my kids i always tell them i was like you guys have you guys are a really interesting paradigm between us two because you see things one way through my side and you see one things through hers and i've come to realize like i'll probably never be able to get them to see things exactly my way or her sure but if they can take the right thing and just take the best yeah. from both of us um I'm hoping it's the right decision. I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, you know, it's, it's fun though. It's being a parent's fun. It's, it's challenging. Um, but it's really cool to see them turn into the people they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: I've never actually met your wife, but it seems to me from the outside. And again, this is just my view from social media, but it seems like she's flourishing and blossoming right now too.
0: Yep, Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. When I met her, we worked together at university of Phoenix. That's where I was at. Um, she's always had a job, hard worker. Um, We had our youngest daughter together and when i met her she didn't even want kids it was funny i remember dating her and she's like i don't want kids i don't want marriage i'm like perfect girlfriend (laughs) and then she ended up helping raise my my older two which at that time they were really young i fell in love with the process of of you know being a parent and so we had our youngest and then um she was like the plan was for her to go back to work and uh you know she we had my daughter and the time came like three days ago and she's like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can leave her. I was like, that's cool. I'll get another job. So I got a job working during the day. And then I was driving trucks at night, um, doing food delivery, just did whatever we had to do to make ends meet to make up for her salary Mm -hmm. and stuff. And mind you, that was like right after I just gotten laid off. So I'm like taking two or three jobs, like working whatever I can to allow her to stay home to raise and just to get our businesses off the ground. And I was making money here to invest into this business, which was losing money at first, you know, as it got going and stuff. And really interesting time and uh yeah she she did that and stayed home and then she's helped me run my businesses and stuff and then now uh as our kids are getting a little bit older and my youngest is in school more she's getting back into doing the real estate stuff with me too and she's doing really good at it she cool. enjoys it and yeah i'm all about it we're struggling with the whole family time thing now because yeah, sure. like, it's just a busy career doing both of it so yeah. yeah but she keeps me grounded i go a little wild with my ideas sometimes and i don't like being told no which is a problem <laughs> like i'm that guy that's like my mind will go like a hundred miles an hour. And she's the, sometimes she's like, that's not realistic and bothers me sometimes, but she's right. So,
1: yeah. 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 yeah there's a couple of businesses that I invested <laughs> in and other things that if I would have just listened, I'd be a lot better off. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: It's just, you learn. Yeah. yeah. You just know. Win but I, I've this.
1: won a couple times too. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: as long as you win more than you lose and lo- like, that's all that matters. Yeah, you,
1: totally. You, you, you'll
0: never go through life losing, you know. And, uh,
1: yeah. Like, so you've got an interesting, uh, concept. I, I love it. One of my mentors, um, he passed away, you know, probably six or seven months ago, but, um, he it's, his name was Bob Helms. And and he often said that he was the only guy that he knows that did real estate in seven different decades, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. That is really cool. We've seen a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, but he wrote a book and, and I can't remember the name of the book, but, um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, the book was around, um, He had seen so many agents along the way and he had invested in real estate along the way, but he Mm -hmm. had seen so many agents that didn't understand investors and they actually shied away from them because they thought investors were always trying to rip them off or they didn't want to pay the fees or whatever. I'll pay fees and then some, like I, I want to take the easy route. And so Bob wrote this book for agents on, on how, and I don't know how successful it was or wasn't. Um, it was, I think it literally launched like six months before he died. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how much he promoted it or anything, but the concept is powerful. He was trying to get agents to understand that if they just aligned with investors, they'd probably be better off. So anyway, I throw that up. Like this next thing, it sounds really interesting to me. So give us, you you don't, you can share details or not, um, but just give us the high level. And this is what I'd like to, you know, have you come back and tell us how badass it's going to be. Yeah. We're
0: going to go, uh, the goal for next year is to start my own brokerage, um, before I get calls from a bunch of brokers asking me to come to them, no. <laughs> um, my my biggest thing with brokerages is, especially a lot of the big ones, they're great. They're they're great for some people's situation. Um, they just don't offer enough options, I think. Especially if I as I've been in this business, you know, I I do great on the traditional real estate side. But you know, I have a couple really good friends that are investors too, and they have they they solve a ton of problems for people. You know, like I said, people that pass away and yep. you know the family's like living in a whole another state. They don't have time to come out here and fix right. the house up. They're like, Hey, can you just give me my cash so we can pay for their funeral? And yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. So he does a lot of that and he changes a lot of lives on the good there. He's a super honest guy. Mm-hmm. Like th- this guy, like he'll just be completely upfront with people. People love him. He's, he's very truthful in what he does. And so I, I learned a lot from him. I was like, yeah, there's totally a value here. I can see, you know, how awesome it is. Um, so we are going to partner and basically start a brokerage that um, the big vision, and I haven't ironed out every detail on it yet, but essentially what it's going to look like is agents can come in, uh, it'll be a lower fee structure, no percentages. So if they want to come in, park their license, if they're tenured, you know, works great. They're not paying crazy percentages. They can do their thing. Uh, teams will be there. My team will be there. Um, I'll still do all my coaching. There'll be opportunity for that. His team will be there, but he's going to do more of the wholesaling off market fix flip. Cause that's what he does. He mm-hmm. does a lot of volume in that. So I want somebody that's a newer agent to come in and I want them to have options. I want them to have different menu items of what's going to work best for their career, because to assume every agent that comes in the business is going to be great at just doing volume or marketing, or it, it, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like I, when I got in the business, I wouldn't have ever thought I'd be on the investor side of it either. But after being in the business and kind of learning how to play all sides of the fields, every opportunity I play to my advantage, I want every other agent to have that opportunity too. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal is to just to start something where somebody can come in and they can kind of dip their feet. You know, if you want to do the volume side of it, you want to learn the structure of doing traditional residential real estate, well, I'm the guy. I'll help you out with that. I'm great at marketing. Yeah, and, sure. Um, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still learning. I don't have all the answers, but I've done okay. And then if you want to learn the fix-flip wholesale side of things, he'll be there to run a lot of that. And his team and, you know, his, his disposition specialists are gonna be there. So there'll just be just options for people to grow, you know, not just getting stuck in the traditional come in work on a team Mm -hmm. and you're done type deal. You know, I want, I want, I want to create something a little bit bigger for people. So I'm excited. It's a challenge.
1: Yeah. And I'm excited to see it play out. And really um, I'm not asking you to pull out your crystal ball, but you had made a comment, you know, before we were talking, I mean, I think your timing's impeccable because some people might be hearing this saying, well, (laughs) you know, why would agents want to flip and wholesale and kick it over to your buddy on the other side right now? You know, there's low inventory, interest rates are as low as they've ever been. Yep. Pe- things are getting bid up. Yeah, But you're talking about launching this over the next 12, 24 months. And we're going to be having, you know, I mean, at some point in time, things are going to slip a little. And yeah. that might be a great opportunity for people to.
0: Yeah, I think the reality of it is, I mean, anybody, I haven't been in the business that long. I wasn't in it when the last economy crashed. Um, I studied up on it a lot because I think there's history leaves clues. If you look at any, and and this is where people always get hung up, right? They're like, oh, economy crashes bad. No, it's not. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it is a good thing for housing prices to kind of readjust. And that's how markets go. I mean, otherwise it's going to go so high that nobody will ever be able to afford it. You know, and so it's a good thing. If you look Mm -hmm. at, if you play your cards right, if you do it right, you know, obviously from investors. Um, you know, if, if you're a long-term investor, nobody worries about that stuff. That's why I tell everybody like, oh, and I cash out. Well, if you got a good portfolio and you want to cash out, cash out, wait for it to drop right before. But for the most part, like I buy rental properties, I'm going to hold on to those things for 20 or 30 years. I'm not going to retire for 30 years. So for me, if I buy it now, it's not going to really make a difference for me. If I buy it now, if I buy it three years, it doesn't, who cares? I'm going to buy it in 30 years. I'm going to probably bet it's going to be worth more, whether we have a couple up and down. Sure. Am I going to be wrong? I don't know. There's always risk involved, but yeah if I got somebody in there paying my mortgage off for me, what do I have to lose? <laughs> yeah.
1: As as long as the rents can carry you through those downtimes, it's exactly. fine. Right. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, I think that agents, uh, if they're smart, they're going to learn the importance of again, the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to learn the importance of handle how to handle a short sale. I, I don't think like my prediction is, I don't think it's going to be as bad as we saw in, in 2007. Sure. Because, I will say that I think our lending standards are a lot better now. Yeah. Like we have people turned away on loans all the time. Like are yeah. people that, you know, if they're not doing pretty good on paper or credit or, you know, anything, they're getting rejected. Like yeah. we, it happens all the time. So I, I feel really confident in our lending right now that um, it's just, there's a lot more checks and balances to prevent that. That's not to say that housing market, it's not going to slow reset, sure. I don't think it's going to be what it was, but I do think there will probably be some foreclosures, some short sales that are going to happen. Um, so I think that if agents can get ahead of that, figure it out, start working on it now, start knowing what that looks like. Um, you know, you're going to be a better agent when that time comes, because then you're going to be able to go in and offer people that are in a tough spot. Like, Hey, I got to, you know, I lost my job. I got to move. I need to, you know, I just, I got some equity in this house. I can't afford it anymore. I'd I'd rather cash out now. Okay. I can give you cash. You can be gone. you know? Who knows what that looks like? So that's kind of just thinking ahead. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. No matter what anybody says, it will happen. There will be a reset. So if you start planning for it now and educating yourself on it, you're only going to be that much more prepared. I love that. And I have two thoughts
1: on that. I I would also say, and I agree with you. I don't think the short sales and all that are going to be as bad. I also think that people probably are holding more equity in their homes um, because, you know, a lot of people got burned the last time. You know, I'm not. I mean people I'm sitting
0: leveraging the way they were.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. at probably like 40% equity in my house, maybe more. Yeah. And some of that's market driven, but sure. also some of that is like I put a lot of money down and yeah. I wouldn't have done that 5 mm-hmm. years ago 22. or 10 years ago. Yeah, 100%. And so I think even as, you know, the the value of real estate has increased, I think people are taking less out of their homes. I, I think agree. I think they're they're not per- using
0: it as a tool anymore as yeah. much as they were. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like COVID this year. It was funny because we got a lot of people like, "Oh, market's gonna crash because of COVID." Everybody's losing their jobs, and I, I was the first one to say, "No, they're not. They're not." And people thought I was crazy. They're like, "No, they're not." I'm like, "People have so much equity in their homes right now. They just do. Especially most people that bought their houses two, three years ago, they have equity. When a house goes into short sale or foreclosure, in most cases, it's gonna make it all the way through that process if it's truly upside down. In most cases, you know, unless the seller's just..." ignorant. And it's like, I'm not selling them. I'm let this thing go to auction. Yeah, yeah. But think about that. Somebody lost their job. They can't pay their mortgage, but they got 80K sitting there. They're going to sell that house. It's, it's going to, whether it's a cash investor is going to cash them out or they're going to go on market, sell it traditionally, pay off their mortgage and then walk away with 60K yeah. and go rent a house, whatever that looks like. It's not a typical situation where they're going to walk away from all that equity and allow it to go to foreclosure. And I yeah. told people that I'm like, guys, it's not going to happen. It's not I, even to this time right now, we sell people saying, well, all these people are come December, January, February, we're going to see people uh, foreclosing maybe. I mean, but there's plenty of buyers right now. I mean, our inventory is so tight right now that there is buyers that will go pick those houses up. Sure. It's not going to, it's not, I don't, I don't predict it's going to put a dent. I think if anything, interest rates will probably raise a little bit next year and slow it a little bit, but yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of money, investor money on the sideline too, because we can't find a home for it. And so, you know, when those assets start coming, they're going to get gobbled up to your point. So percent. I'm listening, I'm hearing like the voice of Bob Helms, who I said was like a, a, a voice in my ear for a while. And what I would hear him say talking to you, and I I just loved this guy, um, not only talking to you, but the agents that are potentially listening, um, there's more agents in Arizona and every other state than there's ever been. Right. Yeah. Because people like they see, they, they see the markets climbing and it's easy. yeah, it's easy. You <laughs> go get your license. And so there's less inventory than there's ever been. There's more agents than there's ever been. Yep. And so the more services you can offer to your clientele, which that's what Blake's really saying. I mean, they, they're creating a menu of options. And so I think, um, you know, what you're offering is going to be amazing and you're probably going to attract the best of the best of the best. And I have a feeling that thousands and thousands and thousands of agents are probably making no money right now because there's no inventory. Yeah, I I think agents like you and certain ones are killing it, like having their best years ever. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of realtors that just, you know, if you haven't, if you don't have the clientele base and you haven't really worked the system, you're not making any money. And so I, my, just seeing this, I hear Bob Helms say, I think you're going to do really well through the menu options. And I think agents are going to really want to come to work at a place like yours. So
0: so. if people are interested, where, where would they, where would they find you? I'm all over social media. They can find me, uh, my Instagram's Blake underscore sells underscore AZ Facebook. You can find me on Blake B. Clark. I'm on there. That's usually the easiest way to find what I do. I try to stay cool. pretty active on my social media. Um, I'm big on education. I just like, I mean, if anybody that follows me, I, I share a lot of goofy stuff. Um, I like to have fun with what I do and joke and, uh, but I also try to add value on my social media. Like I'll share if we're going through some challenging deals or what's going on, or, you know, uh, I'll try to give tips on, you know, whatever I focus on for that month. If you're looking to do cash offers, I just did a, a big value series on that. So yeah, just, I don't, you can find me on that. It's probably like the most active place I am every day is just trying to drop knowledge out there for people and nice. answer questions. Yeah.
1: Well, you're obviously a very giving person and a lot of that stems from your story and I appreciate you sharing it with us. And, and by the way, when you see my Instagram loaded with a, a white Lamborghini, I didn't have to rent it to, to take the pictures. I, I borrowed it. For, no, I'm just kidding. Sweet. Um, anything else that, you know, we didn't cover that you want to.
0: No, I appreciate you having me on here. Like I said, uh, it's really cool what I think you do, man. I've been kind of following you too, as you go and you're trying to really work to help people do the investing side of things, which I know I'm probably going to be aligning pretty heavily with you. Cause that's like I said, I, I went through this year was about growth, reinvesting into the business side of things, hitting some personal goals. And then next year for me is more like, okay, I need to get more passive income, more investing for freedom. Um, so That kind of stuff excites me, man. Like I'm looking forward to it and some of the stuff you're dropping. I'm sure I'm gonna be giving you some calls on some stuff because that's where yeah, that's that's where like I said, all the all the fun goals have been hit for me, I think, at this point. I got the house I want, I got all the stuff I want and we're doing good. Business is is going and starting this new one. But yeah, it's the next for me, the next phase is gonna be a lot of the investing side of things. So cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. It's been a great show. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys. Thank you.